Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you wanted to watch Major League Baseball tonight, set your DVRs. We're talking about a far more important challenge, <laughs> the height of competitive action. We brought in Osimo. We got Brick 75 here. Brian, let the people know what's going on. What are we doing here tonight? Why did we bring Osimo onto the show? Uh, the I, I mean, EM2 Challenge, I'm not sure what he's calling it, but the Empire Maker uh, uh, I, I, you know, actually, I can't think of his uh, his real name. I know he has one. It's Blake. I want to say. Um, he he issued a challenge out on uh, on Twitter that he'll play anyone in any game for any amount in DFS at minus one twenty odds. Um, and at first he was kind of getting crickets, but <laughs> uh, a couple three people that I know of. Have picked them, picked picked them up on it. Um, the the first I think was A.E. Jones. So A.E. Jones, a former poker pro. Uh, I I know him a l- very little. He talked on Skype years back in the poker days. He used to be like a Chicago guy. Um, and I think they're playing. They ended up playing for 100k a week at minus 110. Um, till the till the NFL playoffs, I believe. The second one was Rufus Peabody, the professional sports better. And I just actually DM'd him and he told me I could say, I think they're they're coming, sounds like they're gonna come to some sort of agreement at the same minus one ten for ten for EM two in golf. And um, so that will be interesting. Hopefully they make that public because I might want to take Rufus on that one. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, and then thirdly our buddy Alex Baker uh, took him up on kind of like a revised version of his initial offer maybe. And so Alex, do you want to talk about like what, what happened here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Empire Maker was talking about how he's the best in the world uh, on Twitter, and I maybe had a few too many drinks. And <laughs> I was like, hold on just a second here. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a fine player. Uh, he mostly plays cash. I don't play as much cash because I feel like so much of it is about just micromanaging like who you're playing and not as much about the strategy because pretty much anyone can get my cash lineup by subscribing to my site. So that was <laughs> exciting to me, but um, he like I, I called him out because he always has the same lineup as other guys in the Thunderdome. So I was like, maybe that's 
that's where we should take the bet because I did kind of uh, I, I came came at him on the Thunderdome, and that's the highest stakes DFS tournament that regularly runs. I'm like. I don't know if I want to play this guy for a few hundred thousand dollars heads up, uh, but maybe a Thunderdome challenge would be fun. That's what I loved about it because it's a head-to-head GPP. That's what the people <laughs> want to see. No one wants to watch head-to-head cash and you guys are playing a 1v1. That's boring as shit. We want to see you guys compete in a tournament. So I'm glad that you guys uh, settled on this. What were the negotiation talks like? Yeah, so... Uh, I- we were just talking shit on Twitter and then I, I DM'd him and we started to really like formulate the terms and I was trying to think of all these possible things that could go wrong. Like what if the tournament's full and one of us doesn't enter? <laughs> what if it's a multi-entry tournament, not a single entry? And uh, of course, one of the things we wanted to end with a bang. So I'm thinking we got to have it end on the biggest Thunderdome, which I think would be the Masters. So I think that uh, those were my thoughts to make a really exciting uh, challenge. It's something that, I mean, there's a lot of money at stake, but this is almost as much for the ch- the competitive spirit as it is trying to make some money. So let people know the exact terms. I believe I saw you guys are going to do 10 Thunderdome contests. The winner uh, at the end will receive an extra 50000 what are how is that going to be divvied up across those three sports MMA PGA and uh, NFL? I think uh, for the start we'll at least play each one. So I mean, there's one in PGA every week, one in MMA usually, and one in NFL, but uh, only guaranteed prize pool ones that, that we're playing. So that'll be the start. Uh, of course, we can make. Uh, changes if we both agree on them so we haven't really nailed down exactly what tournaments we're going to enter but i kind of like the idea of it ending with a bang so i'm going to push for the masters to be the last one did you um did you enter tomorrow golf uh Uh, i did yeah i think he's in it too so i guess that's the first one that's the first one we got one on ufc on saturday hopefully he sleeps in and then uh, Sunday NFL. I mean, we got a lot of tournaments going on. Are right you going to start doing tweets, tweets like EM2 to open up the economy so we can get him to the clubs and then making suboptimal <laughs> decisions with his lineups? I don't think he needs any help on that one. <laughs> I think if if that thun, the Thundermaker uh, uh, Thunderdome on Saturday is a ten man. The Thundermaker is the Australian strip show that you go to on Saturday nights in Chicago, Brian. What do EM, EM2 with the insults, the uh, the uh, homosexual innuendo insult there? Um, the, uh, yeah, anyways, it's the 10-man MMA. And um, uh, I think for you, like if it was like 20 or 25, I think that would be a pretty big edge for you because you know how to avoid dupes, and I doubt he does. Thanks, um, yeah. What other <laughs> Have you really thought this through? Like where you're going to get your edges from? Or do you not want to talk about it? It definitely depends a lot on the tournament structure. So some of them are differently structured. Like they'll even run eight man tournaments that like the payouts will change, like depending on week to week. And that changes like the risk reward of tournament, like how much is first, how much is second, et cetera. So how, just so people understand, I mentioned that the winner at the end gets the extra 50000 outside of the contest winnings. Is it just net profit within the Thunderdome across those 10 contests? Yeah, uh, hopefully profit, but just total winnings. Same thing, but 
whoever comes away with more money in these 10 tournaments and hopefully we cash at least some of them so there will be profit but <laughs> i think uh yeah well and i think i i i'm curious obviously both of your thoughts but like the way emt emt em2 plays <laughs> just jamming the optimal he's gonna have a high floor and mm-hmm. whereas you i think have a mind for playing for first i feel like this is what makes this challenge so interesting as far as him just trying to have that floor week in and week out versus you trying, because if you get one, like normally what isn't first place normally like 40,000 in the Thunderdome. So is that going to be your strategy to try to get a couple of these first place and just run away with it? Are you going to try to play the EM two optimal game? Well, I think uh, half the money we're putting in are, is in these actual tournament buy-ins. So I'm going to start off just trying to maximize my chance of making a profit, just playing it straight up. As the tournament progresses, maybe if I get a lead, I'll have to start being more optimal just so I c- he has less outs. But we'll see how it, how it all shakes out. Brian, how would you apo- uh, <laughs> approach a head-to-head GPP contest like this? Well, yeah, I would try to get the I would I would try to get the the biggest amount of entries in each one. So, like, if you could push this, is or is this the um, Justin Gaethje one this weekend? Yep. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And it's still only ten. Okay. Yeah. Like, if you could get like the biggest one possible, that would give you the biggest amount of edge. I would I would think, because okay, here's here's a line I want to hear someone someone quote me. What are the odds that EM2 will have a different lineup in his cash game and his Thunderdome with Alex? <laughs> right? So I would put it like minus 10,000 is going to be the same. <laughs> it's going to be the exact same fucking lineup. <laughs> well, that, that's his MO, right? He jams the same lineup across all contests. I mean, even the one week I, you know, I do the Tilt Space show, Leone Hulk and I, we played the Thunderdome two weeks ago and his lineup was duped with third and Schlong in a 25 person <laughs> contest. Yeah, I mean, even like when I called him out on duping a lot, he was like, I still have been making more money than you. So <laughs> I think he, he really like owns that. He's playing like what he thinks are the best players. So, yeah. so okay, what do you guys, uh, Peter, you can go first, or Alex, you can go first. Like the, the So I think this started with he had that kind of like Portland rant, right? And uh, – <laughs> all those tweets and people were going at him and I, I don't know who somebody said something about him being a trust fund baby. <laughs> right. And so there's two insults that it seemed to get under his nerve, which is the trust fund baby one. And uh, that he third and schlong, he just feeds him all his, his lines. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Is there any validity to that? What do you guys think? Go ahead. Whoever wants to go. Well, I've had the good fortune of meeting Blake uh, at Blake, a tournament. Uh, yeah, and uh, it was really interesting because when I met him, like the whole night, I didn't know this was Empire Maker, like which is really surprising because on Twitter he's like calling everyone peasants, and, like <laughs> talking all this shit. Yeah, uh, calling everyone dusty. And in fact, he he almost got in a fight with this other guy we went out with at this final <laughs> junkyard. Um, and the reason why is apparently, uh, Blake had been bragging about how much money he made in Bitcoin on the walkover. 
and Brian, he's like this attorney and he's, he's worked hard to like be pretty successful. And Blake like is bragging about how he got there like super easy, I guess. And uh, this was in Denver. So apparently alcohol has more effect in Denver. <laughs> so uh, because of the elevation at some point, um, uh, Blake calls this guy, a junkyard, Brian, uh, Dusty. And he's like, Dusty, like he got like really pissed off that this guy called him Dusty. Uh, and he, he like started like pushing him. And we were at this pizza joint. So we all got kicked out of the pizza joint. <laughs> and fortunately, it didn't progress beyond that. But uh, it was quite the first impression. Wait, wait, who called whom Dusty? Blake, he called the uh, junkyard Dusty. Okay. Who would have won that fight? Junkyard is pretty, uh, he's, he's pretty big. So, I mean, Blake is just like, I mean, he's an average size, maybe a little bit bigger than average. So maybe he'd be at a disadvantage, but I don't know. I mean, he's got that heart of a lion. So, so awesome. I saw someone, they had retweeted the show and they said, awesome. already on the campaign trail. And so, you know, we're trying to work on your PR here. We've seen, you know, Trump has had a lot of success coining these nicknames. You know, we have crooked Hillary, sleepy Joe. What do you think about this one? I just thought of EM dupe. EM dupe <laughs> here as the campaign trail for awesome. to, uh, to rage against the optimal bro. I like it, man, because it dupe too, like that, that is such a great, that, that's amazing. There we go. There you guys, if you want, if you want to uh, enter into the fray, EM dupe is going against Osimo and the heads up challenge here. So it will, it will accumulate uh, or culminate, dare I say, in the, in the master's Thunderdome. Uh, that's what I'm planning. We'll see how the timing works out, but uh, the masters, it may also like, uh, I mean, that starts before others we might play, too, because it runs four days. How about the Empire Inheritor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that's good. Are you going to be doing any content yourself around the challenge? Are you going to be sharing links to the live Thunderdome? Like, how much are you interested in publicizing this versus just winning it on the side? Like, I'm curious on that. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is all about the challenge and the fun and like the engagement people have been giving on these posts has been really, really high. So I'm like, there's a lot of interest in kind of seeing how this shakes out. You know, hopefully I'll be posting positive vibes uh, as I run away with it. But uh, I think I'll be posting nonetheless. Did you ever think that you could? Osmo. What's that? Get yeah, post updates like a you know cash, the cash flow or whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'll have a leaderboard and stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, I was yeah. just thinking you talking about uh, engagement. It was like you you could spend a hundred thousand dollars worth of engagement with this heads up challenge with EM Dupe, or you could just <laughs> post Katie Bell photos and say what what am I thinking of right now? What's worse than heartbreak? But I, I like the angle you've took here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can tell you if I lose this challenge, I'll definitely be worse than a heartbreak. <laughs> so so you, you didn't really answer the question, though. And, and Peter didn't even comment on it either. Don't think I didn't notice. Um, so do you think that Empire Maker is just like an awesome DFS player on his own, not a rich kid, and doesn't get help from anyone else? 
Well, I think, you know, he's solid. Like, the thing is, uh, with the head to head, it's funny that he's offering people minus 110 because that's like the odds you get when you just enter a random head to head, right? Because of the rake. So it's like he thinks he's good enough to, to beat me in that. Like, I just don't really care enough. Or, or I don't want to be like waging a Kanye versus Sahel Sud war where one of the person loses a million bucks because I really wouldn't want to be on the bad side of some luck there. And like with head to heads, it's like almost close to 50 50 regardless. Okay. That's why I was pushing for the Thunderdomes. But uh, to answer the question, I think there is a group of people in DFS that are able to take like their wealth and uh and play a lot more because of that starting point they have compared to someone who's like worked their way up from from the ground up and i think empire maker i mean he made it clear he made all this money in bitcoin so it's easy to lump him in that group whether he has the skills to back it up we're gonna see there are some eerie similarities with that i i've also was once told dan bilzerian made all of his money playing poker <laughs> well yeah i mean empire maker that, that that could be the another another angle is the dan blazarian of dfs there so we he, go he was good at poker though back in the day it's it's got to be the same empire maker yeah it he is. was he was he, he i think he like like um 2550 was his main game no limit and he someone was, just told me he was featured in this book to uh Two Dala Hollers. Hold on, let me find the name of this. Yeah, like the Shibahala. Oh, Shibahala Ballas. Shibahala Ballas. Yeah. I got, I, if I'd known, if I'd known he was part of this crew, maybe I wouldn't have signed up for this challenge. <laughs> yeah, the Shibahala Ballers. Oh my God. That's the, back in the two plus two forum days. I haven't been in that site <laughs> in a decade, honestly. So, um, yeah, go So, ahead. Alex, are you going to be changing your, I mean, First of all, are you regularly in the all of these Thunderdome contests, or do you pick your spots? I've been picking my spots just because, like, my bankroll strategy. Like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to balance risk reward, and usually in these contests, like, you're risking a lot, and the, the ROI potential isn't huge. I'd rather play five thousand dollars of entries into like a ten dollar or something like that. Of course. It depends on the volume of the sport. So MMA, like you can't really play that much. NFL, like I usually don't play the Thunderdome because there's like so many other ways to invest your money. Was it was it hard to convince him to do MMA? I, I want to say he had a people were having a meltdown on Saturday <laughs> night based on the scoring, and there was I, didn't he threaten to uh, take DraftKings to court based on fight tracker scoring? So how did you convince him that this was a level playing field for MMA? Well, he doesn't know about my fight metric connections, so I'm <laughs> glad he didn't call me on that. There you go. So you, you got the inside scoop with fight metric. You know how yeah. they how, how they call these. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that that's what it takes to win at MMA DFS these days. And I think we, you know, like if you don't know someone at fight metric, you're you're doing it wrong. There you go, Brian. I any other questions? How 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 would you uh you approach this if you were playing it? Well, Alex, I think Alex has got to go. Alex, you got it. here, buddy. Yeah, I got time for for one more. One more segment here. Make it good, Brian. Make it good. Uh, this is going to be good because I'm talking about the same fucking thing. <laughs> so, like, if he was, if he, if he has, like, a group that he works with or something like that, 
if I was you, I'd say, and you can't work with any of your buddies. And if it's proven, you owe me X money <laughs> just to tilt them. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. You'll never be able to prove it. <laughs> but to me, that's like, even if he's working with a group, he's working like Alex isn't playing him across a hundred cash game slates, right? Like he's, he's jamming the optimal every slate. Like that's just his style. I think how Alex set up this contest and playing it in a tournament format is going to really play to his strengths. I guess, Alex, the question would be, do you think a 10 slate sample size is too small to realize your edge? Well, since we put even money, I wasn't really worried about like how big of a favorite I would be or, you know what the chance is so it i i, I mean like he offered me m plus 120 and a head-to-head and i'm like hell no i'm not gonna take odds and like pretend like you're the best player in the world you know but uh i'm glad that we came to a a contest where you know we're both uh playing at the same stakes because that's how i feel dfs should be played so is this because I feel like when when EM2 EM Dupe says he's the best player in the world, he's he's talking about cash game, right? And when you say you're the best player in the world, you're you're talking about tournaments. And is this challenge kind of like trying to meld that together and say like the best overall player in the world? Is that what this contest is a referendum on? <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't worry too much about being the best player. I just try to win money. Um, honestly, and, and you should have taken the plus one ten. <laughs> that's true. I've been uh, I've been on a little bit of a cold streak, so I'm like maybe yeah. this can reverse my fortunes having a high stakes matchup with EM Dupe. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think this will be really interesting because he kind of plays these tournaments like a cash game, and it's a small enough field that that's not a huge mistake. But I feel like I can really exploit that to get an advantage. How can you consider yourself the best player in the world if you don't think you're the best GPP player too, right? Like, I don't understand. He's He, sh he should specify cash. <laughs> that doesn't have quite the braggadocio. I'm the best cash game player in the world, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, all right, Alex, we appreciate you coming on, giving us the very first statement on the challenge we will be watching closely maybe we can sync back up with you down the road after the challenge progresses all right thanks a lot guys all right thanks, we'll see you, alex all right later. and by the way empire uh, em dupe he said that you can he's offering odds if you want to bet on me okay <laughs> all right i'd like to get some action down on on awesome all right later guys. see you buddy all right there it is there it is He's offering 105, I think, on Alex. On so, side action? Yeah, big free five, you know, five points. Um, what uh who do you think has the edge there? In in the I, so I looked like tomorrow is like 20, 20 or 25 man. Saturday's a 10 man, and I didn't look at any of them after that. Yeah. I, I, I just, I mean, my only one point of reference is the one week I played the Thunderdome in NFL and it was the, uh, it was a 25 man, uh, there. So I, I have no frame of reference for the MFL or MFL MMA and, in, in uh, PGA slates. Well, yeah, I know. It's more of just a theoretical question though. Anyway, yeah. so if, like, does, because if you're just, if cash games just translate over to GPPs, then, you know, he should win everything, and the cash game player should be just as good yeah. as GPs, and they're not, I would say. 
Um, some of them are. Some guys can do everything, but yeah. And again, like I said, I have I have very little frame of reference. But the week we played in NFL, I mean, I want to say eighty percent of the lineups were near optimals. Maybe one pivot. Like we were one of the few teams that did like a a, a game stack in the Thunderdome. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I know Leone is continuing to play. The Thunderdome, uh, he thinks there's an edge there. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm in no room to talk, uh, but I, I definitely see the edge there for someone who wants to approach it more like a GPP than a cash game, which it seems like the majority of people there are guys that jam the optimal. They're trying to get as much action down as possible. They see the field size there, and they say, I just jam the optimal. It just doesn't seem like they're actually giving that much consideration to tournament strategy within that field. And that's exactly what I think is happening They're Um, I, I don't, I don't think they're jamming the optimal. You keep saying that. Like, I think all these guys make their own projections. Um, uh, I, I think you're way. wrong. I don't, I don't think EM two makes his own projection. Okay, go ahead. Why don't, why don't you talk about what you think about EM? EM no, I, no, I, I just don't think that all of these guys are, I don't think they're, I think you, in the same way, like we collectively are in a Twitter bubble. I think you are in a bubble of like how many of these guys model. I think you are in like the 0.1% of the 1% of, of people who model. Mm, I don't think so. I I think people might have their own special sauce, their own stuff that they tweak their own process. But I don't think every single person in the Thunderdome makes their own projections. The only two guys I know well is, is Alex and Steve Buzzard, who's now yeah. with Osmo too. And they make their own projections. Obviously Steve, obviously Alex does. Yeah. I know for sure. Steve does too. And I do. Um, I saw uh, Petty Theft is in the, in the YouTube chat. Um, he, he does too, right? If you're still here, you want to answer that? I think he does too. And he, um, he wants, he, he's like next on a list. Uh, I think in the EM dupe uh, challenge too. So I don't know. Petty, if Petty Theft wants to hop on right now, DM Brian or I. We'll we'll send you a link. We can we can talk it through. Um, if you want to hop on the show. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, do you think he is working with someone else? Okay. Well, then where where do they come up with their projections then? You think Travis just-, just said in the chat it depends on the sport. Okay. Well, all right. Football. PGA. Um, so where do you think EMT gets EM2 gets his uh I really uh, hope it's from Osimo. <laughs> I was gonna say, and then Alex could like just delay his projections like right before lock or something. It screws over his subscribers just for this bit. Um everyone in the chat wants Petty to come on. Let me uh I think Petty followed me for a little bit after one of our shows and then unfollowed me. But he, I'll see if I'll see if I can send it unless he unfollowed me. <laughs> He unfollowed both of us. <laughs> he was uh, here. I I do have access to. I'm I'm sending Petty the DM link. He, no pressure. If he wants to hop on, he can hop on with us. Um. Yeah. Uh. What were we saying? Yeah. I don't know. I think you. I, there's, I there's just no, don't think that many people are modeling. You think EM two is fucking using RG's projections? I think he's. I think he's probably fucking aggregating across a bunch. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I would bet so much money that he's not making his own projections. But he definitely doesn't. So it's like Twitter personality and his interview personality are clearly different. 
because he did that Brandon Man Adams interview, and he does not seem like the dude on Twitter. Um, the the but the internet personality does not seem like a guy coming up with his own projections. The but the Brandon Man Adams interview kind of seemed like a dude who could. Do you think he like RBX eighty eights it, but cash style, like he just knows the sports so well that he takes. Oh, what's everyone looking at here? Oh, this sucks. This is dumb. This is good. This is dumb. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. I think. I think he's. Uh, he's a. Uh, um, a dollar. Uh, a heightened version of RBX eighty eights process. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, uh, think about it. Think about like if you're, what would be the edge if you were exclusive? Like, honestly, like if we were to play cash over and like I were to just use Osimo's projections and you were to use your own projections, like, or just you versus any other good set of projections, like, what would be the edge you would have in a cash head to head challenge across a hundred slates of different sports? I don't know, if mine were better, I would have a uh, you know a couple point edge at least. Yeah, and that that would add up. Um, it, but it depends on you know, yeah, it depends on the sport too. Uh, Petty said he's going to join us here in a minute, so, um, I mean, so you're, you, I mean, I don't want to call you out, but we did say privately before. You could you could call me out, say whatever okay. you want. You, you did say privately before. You didn't think he was even making his own lineups. No, I I honestly don't think I said. Don't that. remember that. You you don't think he what? I don't. I never said that. I think he definitely. I think I think EM two has an incredible feel for DFS. I think his like gut instincts are great. We got petty theft here. What's up, guys? Hey, man, how you doing? I don't think Travis, I spoke to you, Brian. Peter, last time I spoke to you, it got kind of weird. I think it did. You had hopped on. What remind me what that was? It was a Roto Grinders poker stream, and you were you had gotten booted from the. CPC, the Corona Poker Club, wasn't that it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a weird situation with Kirk. I didn't realize this, you guys were live on a stream. I thought it was a private thing. It was not. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I hadn't known you at all. Like, I have no. I'm not in Corona Poker Club. I, I do, I do none of that. But yeah, I do remember that was. I was kind of just as I normally do, you know, stoking the flames of uh, beefs there. But uh, yeah, no, thank you for for hopping on. Uh, yeah, so how, where where are you at with this challenge? I know you were in EM Dupes mentions trying to get him to uh, to to sack up with you. Well, the problem is every time I, I try to play him, he just goes higher and higher amounts, and I, I can't afford the same amounts that he can afford, unfortunately. So it may happen, but if it is, it's not going to be all my money. Yeah, that's interesting that he'll take Alex for less money, but not you. So their bet's a little different. To be fair, it's a Thunderdome bet instead of a head-to-head bet. Yeah, but he's um, but, willing. He's willing to take action. Yeah, I mean, he's he said a lot of things, right? He's he's initially he could beat anybody, and then he couldn't beat anybody, and then and here we are. He's got what three, four bets? I think you said. I got three that I know of. Yeah, I mean, he's played people offline a lot. I think uh, I, I used to play him offline head to head, but um, I don't know if at least a couple more have played him offline as well. So this is not new for him. Yeah. And what? so what what kind of deal were you trying to get done that fell through? I tried to I told him I'd do half, which is fifty, for 50, 50, 60, which would be plus one twenty. And and he keeps telling me, don't keep trying to lower it. It's gonna be hundred or we're not gonna play. So 
Well, yeah, so and that is it. That like it. What was that? I, I read a, a a poker book back in the day, right? Where there was like the Texas oil tycoon that wanted to come through and play yep. Letterer and Annie Duke at like just multi million dollar nosebleed stakes. With the thesis being they'll make suboptimal decisions yep. at stakes outside of their comfort zone. It seems like that's what he's trying to do to you. But the thing is, like, it's cash. How how bad can you really do in a cash <laughs> lineup, right? It's not a poker table. Poker table, I'd be scared shitless playing yeah. for a hundred k, whatever. I used to play poker professionally, and I was never ever close to that. Um, but for a cash lineup, like, you throw your cash lineup and you watch the games, you win or lose. It's not really that. There's no emotional intimidation by it. Yeah. So, what in your guys' opinion? You guys are both high stakes DFS players. What would be like the platonic ideal of a DFS? challenge to determine once and for all who is the best player like what kind of sample size what kind of cross sport contest would actually determine it because we're already talking about this 10 game slate with awesome being too small to actually determine anything most money won over 10 years or something <laughs> it's not a bad idea yeah. like Honestly, so like yeah. you could be good one year and not that great the next year in the same we, sport we've seen that a lot of out. times yeah, and some maybe they caught up to you. Um, like PGA this year is really weird, in my opinion. Um, and I was t- uh, like, I said, I was just DMing Rufus Peabody, and he's and he says he says the same thing. Post COVID, PGA has been really wonky, and I don't think really anyone knows really more than Rufus about PGA uh, gambling, anyways. Um, so people, the players change; they get sharper. New new tools and projections come out. So like if you could sustain if you could sustain yourself for two years you're really fucking good that's what I would say like that you're pretty de- you're 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 doing something right and the best player ever would be yeah over a long period of time over multiple seasons in multiple sports I would say I don't know maybe that's debatable uh, I mean I, I, there's certain guys who play only certain sports and are just absolute crushes but another thing is motivation I know. I've had a couple big seasons in certain sports and the next season I'm not quite as motivated and I'm just, you know, right away get down a, a decent chunk and have to claw my way back. Yeah. Um, and I think it happens to a lot of guys, you know, they, they grind really hard when they're moving up the chain, they finally get the top, they have a couple good seasons and then they just lose motivation. It's so what you're saying happens in poker. Same things ha- happens yeah. in poker, right? I was going to say it's the same phenomenon of in pro sports, right? The contract year. You're playing for the contract. Then you get the contract and you you kind of yeah. loosen up. I yes. bet sports betting is the same way too. You, you you figure out an edge. You're crushing it. You think you're a genius. The book the book adjusts. You don't. And you're like, why am I losing now? You know? So like uh, I, I, mean, I think it's really apparent in poker for sure. And especially how quickly the game evolved back, you know, in the mid-2000s. To the late 2000s so uh, yeah. travis who brian is like can't believe that i think em2 isn't doing his own modeling where where are you on that i don't think he does either i, I really don't that's not what i said that's, let me clarify i'm clear you, you were saying you don't you think 0.1 percent of of good players or high stakes players make their own projections. I think it's at least like 40 or 50 or 60. So what does making your own projections entail though? Exactly. What, what, what like defines from, that? From the bottom up, from a database, coming up with your own projections and then adjusting as you will without the use of Alex's or, you know, whatever, Der, uh, Derek Hardy's or whatever. I don't know. I don't but, think there's many guys at all that do that. I think you even on, on two hands, to be honest with you. Of like s- pretty successful guys. Like maybe there's some random guys who 
you know, play low stakes and do their own stuff. But I, for guys who've been around for a little while, I think it's less than 10 guys. Okay. All right. I, I, guess I, I feel pretty strongly about that too, especially for like EM2. I don't, I don't think he's doing his own stuff personally. Yeah. No, I wasn't talking about him. Yeah. I was talking about just making your own stuff. Okay. That's interesting. Well, then we need to shut down Osmo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, think, I think we're beyond that, unfortunately. He, he kind of crushed us all, right? Um, okay. So, okay. So he doesn't do it. Now, do you think he does it uh, like on his own RBX 88 style, like gets aggregates the projections and then makes his own judgments based on what he thinks going to happen? Or do you think he gets fed lineups, which is the accusation? Who's RBX 88? Three-time oh, Billy Maker winner. Oh, he's the the two three-time one, four, two or three-time three. winner. Yeah, he won PLO a month ago. Champion, uh, connoisseur of uh, excellent clocks. I, I know who that is actually. Um, okay. What do I think he does? Um, I don't know. I, I have ideas, but I wouldn't want to say stuff and, and be incorrect. It just. Why not? This is what this whole show is about. <laughs> just saying stuff. I mean, it's, it's weird that him and Schlong have the same lineup a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I know both of them in, in, you know, in real life a little bit, but like we don't talk about them partnering up together or whatnot. I, it seems like they're partnered up. I, I really don't know. Well, you could be partner up and one guy and you could be both be working on the model or both be working on some aspect of what you're going to put out there. I will say if they do partner up and whatnot, it's nice that they don't, that they play the same events. And there's some, some guys who everybody knows that don't play the same events intentionally and, and run the same models. So that's nice at least. But in, in this discussion, it's like, it's limited to, to cash and optimal, right? Where people are discussing, they're trying to get on like the same quote unquote best plays, right? Like that's, that's where this is occurring. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many ways to build a cash lineup. I, yeah. I used to play cash only like three, four years ago, and I made the transition to GBP only, and it's it's the best thing I've ever did. It's so much more creative and exciting. Cash is just is, is boring to me. I mean, cash is basically kind of what Alex was saying. You try to find fish, you wait in the lobby, yeah. fish pops up, you join. It's very much like poker, and, and the whole bum hunting and poker thing really turned me off. Yep, that's what, that, I mean. I don't know if you heard my idea, Petty, of of of. Um... I think they should do like the zoom poker model. So like all head to heads will be entered into just a random pool and then you just get randomly matched. So like it wouldn't uh, yeah. scare away the fish, like the head to head lobbies in poker that just totally killed the the game. Cause you just go there and it's, you know, whoever I can get Phil Geffon, whatever, just name, name your poker stud at, at 1000, you know, 500, 300 200 100 and it's like well then no one's gonna enter these so you you match you randomly match them up and then like uh if someone wants to enter 150 lineups well then they're only gonna get matched up at the end with guys who enter 150 lineups you know what i mean so you just do like round one round two match up round three match up i like it yeah i I like it but i think it might decrease the heads up action because you know there's guys who will sit in in the dfs lobbies at the 1ks to block everybody they don't want to play yeah. And if you're matching randomly, those guys aren't going to play one case anymore. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, I would, it wouldn't be in lieu of, it would just be two things. So you keep the head to head lobby okay. and then add the zoom poker, just like poker. I think it's a great idea. I, I'd be more inclined to play that than, you know, look at the heads up lobby all day and, and well, wait for poker, somebody. Uh, Draft King steals my ideas and doesn't uh, give me credit. So like maybe they'll, maybe they'll take that one too. What did uh, they steal from you? Which I've given to them. Which, which idea did they steal from you before? 
this world championships. That's that's another interesting way. I don't really understand. Yeah, neither do I. Actually, I didn't. I was just too frustrated to look at. It. I'm like, these fucking assholes didn't invite. Like, me. We we were talking about that back in March. Brian had this idea, and we were trying to set it up for when League of Legends was kind of like the only show in town there. And and you were legitimately talking to the DraftKings people about this idea. Yeah, they had a board meeting. He told me he's like, oh, we're not gonna do it today, but we'll do it soon. And then they they announce it all with all of the names, and it doesn't even include Brian. Like, what kind of bullshit? <laughs> no, they didn't even ask me. <laughs> That's that's pretty rough. That's tough for you. Which area would you be? You you East guy or West well, guy? My idea was city championships. So you do like Chicago, my whatever, Miami. You know, just but you 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 be generous with the area, or or Illinois by state. Sure, sure. You know, or if you want to go northeast, southeast, whatever. You get the idea. Yeah. And then you take by invite five guys, uh, and, you know, and then play. Whatever, and then do it the same way. I don't know exactly how they're doing. I didn't read too deeply into it, but then you just rank them based on how they did, and then Chicago wins or whatever. Are you a Chicago guy? Yeah. Okay, so Chicago and San Diego are, I think, the two bigger DFS cities now. I used to be a Chicago guy myself. Um, Where are you now? San Diego. Okay, nice. Yeah, I, not intentional. Not, not because of me that the city's the great. I don't know if it came off that way. Um, but I know EM2 lives here now, so that'd be my teammate. Uh, TJ's here, Schlong's here. We have a pretty pretty good squad in San Diego. I like the state idea, though. I think states would be awesome. Uh, what are you going to do when Schlong and EM2 have to make two different lineups in, in the World Challenge? <laughs> I think that's our problem as, as, as Team San Diego. We're going we're gonna to have to take a... Uh, one team. They'll just be one player, EM2 slash Schlong. <laughs> that would be kind of awkward, but I like that idea a lot. That, like but that to lot. me, that kind of challenge of like a collective GPP where it's like, we, we all get mad at the bachelorette couple or people, you know, working around, you know, max entry requirements to get 300 lineups. That would actually be fun above board group tournament strategy to see how you leverage a portfolio across more lineups with a group of people. Like to me, that's interesting. Man, but like, what would you talk to the EM2 about? Just one lineup. He's well, playing saying, for like, 15 guys every week. He wouldn't do well in that contest. We're, we're noobs. He's not making the team. You yeah. look over his shoulder, he's got like awesome.com up. He's like hiding it. <laughs> I think he's a Roto Grinders guy. I've, I, I, Rumblings, I think he's a Blitz uh, bat guy, which is funny because I think he makes fun of Cardi a lot. I think he's a bat guy, though. We all we all hate in others what we hate the most in ourselves, I, I believe is what how that works. Got, what if they got some guy who makes projections for him or something? It's, I mean, he's got the money to do it. He, he it could be Cardi on the side. Maybe Cardi's got a, a bat 2.0 for him. <laughs> he has an EM dupe system. He runs. I, I like. I, I mean, again, they have all the money in the world, but I feel like he. It's weird. I, he plays DFS so aggressively, money wise, but I feel like he, like I don't think he cares that much about it. I think he's got way too much money. Yeah. Hmm. Well, like even so, I watch I watch Andrew Wiggins stuff at ETR and he does his high stakes review stuff and he's looking like he pulls it up on his spreadsheet. He's looking at optimals across the industry and he's, he's making his decisions based on those optimals. Maybe I'm wrong. I just did a show with him. I don't think Andrew Wiggins is doing his own modeling. He's looking at other stuff and making his decisions based on other people's models. And I think even for these high stakes guys, for the most part are doing that same thing. I do really think you're an anomaly, Brian. Mm, I know other guys who make their own. Of course, but I'm just saying, I think that's in the the small, small minority. Mm, Yeah. I mean, now you guys are convincing me. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think there's a decent correlation between guys who rely on the projections and aggregate whatnot and people who are still around several years later. Because, you know, aggregating was was the shit back in 2015. You know, Basketball Monster, you don't need app aggregate. You put basketballmonster.com in, you print. But now I know it's a lot of guys who are aggregating are, are struggling now. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Easy. Pete, I don't know if you played DFS. Did you play DFS back in 15? No, I'm I'm pretty new. I was like a shit ass DFS player until until I started talking with Brian about six months ago. So <laughs> you screwed up. You missed the golden times. I know, but I do remember Basketball Monster. I would use Basketball Monster for my season long fantasy basketball yes. leagues because yes. they had the you would do a live draft and based on your picks, it would auto adjust for the categories you could dominate in, and I would just crush people over and over using Basketball Monster projections. It was so ahead of its time. I only knew of it because, again, I put a dynasty league. I, my partner was actually A.E. Jones. It was a poker player league. And he br- he told me about the website, and it blew my mind. It, it was blew so my mind. good. Matt Buser and Justin Fan, who is now at uh, Action Network, their shit was so good. I emailed that, the owner of that back in the day. I've been a subscriber like their whole their whole time. Talking about, I'm like, dude, your minutes are off because they don't <laughs> they don't sum to 240. And he's like, oh, shit. This is like right when he first started. Um, uh, I, I do aggregate minutes. Like, I don't make my own minutes projection. Steve Buzzard makes his own minute projection. What I'm like, get a fucking life. What, what, what? <laughs> NBA is all about minutes, though. That's like the, I think, the best thing that you can do intuitively. Yeah, okay. You could aggregate them in, in a, and then uh, RBX 88 adjust them. But you don't need to, like, go uh, from scratch on them. I, I think there's a little bit of edge going. I mean, I personally do most of them from scratch. I don't do all of them. I, again, if there's 12 games, I'm not sitting on my computer all day doing 12 games of stuff. But I, I do a decent amount of uh, minutes from scratch. And sometimes it look really stupid. Sometimes I, I get it right. Hmm. Okay. It, I mean, it, it's a tough – defense is tough. You have to find any little edge you possibly yeah. can. And so you, have, you, have, you, have, you checked, have you checked your uh, results on, on minute correlation? No, I am horrible with computers, so I, I don't do the back testing stuff that I'm sure you do. Uh, I can't code for shit personally. Yeah, I can't code either. But you just Travis, have you been playing? Have you been sitting in the the Thunderdome in NFL lately? I just started last week. I've been doing good in NFL this season, so I was like, you know, maybe I'm a Thunderdome guy. I got my ass completely kicked. <laughs> what it, What is your thought like on this contest? You know, I I think. What's so compelling to me is this idea of Osmo uh, playing it from a tournament mindset, and EM2 jamming like a near cash optimal. How, how how do you think that plays out? You know, it's actually really interesting because I know football is bigger. I don't know what the MMA Thunderdome and I don't remember the third sport. Is it golf? PGA, yeah. PGA. I don't really know how the how the PGA Thunderdome plays or the MMA, but for football, it's going to be close because again, EM2 is very very solid, right? And Alex's, Alex's strength is the really big field, was my understanding. I, yeah. I, I don't know if he plays as many small bills. I don't think he plays the NBA Thunderdome. Um, that's probably the only Thunderdome I play regularly. So I think it's going to be pretty close. If I had a side on one person more than the other with 10 games, I'd probably take EM2. I'd probably take EM2. But I think Alex would win more money. If they played this hard times, I think Alex would win more than EM2. But I think EM2 would win more often than Alex. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Right, too. he has a higher floor. Osmo's going to be looking for that higher ceiling, but that's yeah. going to take longer to realize. So you kind of already answered this question, but like, so like the only difference between a cash game and the Thunderdome is the payout structure, right? So do you think you the if if like the DFS gods could come down and tell us 
would it theoretically be a different lineup than your cash optimal? And let's say a 15 man Thunderdome or would just be the cash optimal win all the monies. I mean, optimally, I think you go a little different. You got to change up a little bit. Even if it's one or two guys, I I mean, just put the optimal out there and just switch out two guys. And I think you're doing a lot better all of a sudden. I think that's a no brainer. I think that's definitely right. And like, you'll see, like, as soon as someone dupes, like you're dead. Yeah. You can't make that money back up. I mean, that's, there's a contest on Fandle called the beast. It's a 5k winner take all event and people dupe it all the time. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Um, do you, do you play MMA? I, I have, I don't do it well, so I quit because mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's not a good DFS sport, at least for me. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things, like, if I, if I suck at a sport, it's the worst sport ever. It's, I don't know, I understand why people play it. So, <laughs> so Petty, I just pulled this up for, uh, for, uh, for Sunday here. You're, you're sitting here with uh, Empire and uh, Osimo. I'm, I'm, I'm going to change history. I'm going <laughs> I'm to take that first from those guys. I'm going to give it another try. Do you, do you think Osimo, or, uh, because what's curious, I assume Empire Maker doesn't tra- change his strategy whatsoever, right? Like he just keeps doing what he's doing. Oh yeah, he's he's not going to change for anything. No. And Osimo, though, I feel like there's a little. I feel like Osimo would be a little more flexible in his strategy depending on where he's at in the contest. Oh, 100 percent. When I used to play heads up versus Empire Maker, he'd be he'd be losing, and it'd be obviously the same guy. He wouldn't change it. You know what you should do here. So wait till. Um, em duke raises his 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 points up to like whatever plus 110 which he probably will and then bet him in this and because the vig's five and a, five and a half you're gonna be getting five percent free on alex and you got yourself your vig free plus a little extra i mean that'd be the, the smart thing to do the not smart thing to do is is play i guess i mean i don't know if i'm um plus even this thunderdome i've just been doing well personally and it's kind of like you said, like I have a very GP mindset and this might be more like Thunderdome with 30 people might be more of a cash heavy, yeah. heavy way to go. And I don't really think that way. So, but isn't that know. like, aren't you just describing what the edge is? Like if everyone is cash heavy and everyone's playing within these, like, I don't know, what is it like 40 to 60 percentile outcomes and you can either finish in like a 20 or 80 percentile outcome. Aren't those the barbells you want to be living in? Yes, but like, I, I, I feel like a donk saying this, but the chalk is so strong. Like th- these optimal sites that people are playing off of, they're very, very strong. I, I haven't ran the math. I don't know how to do the math to figure out like at what point, again, Kyle, we were talking about earlier, is the optimal not optimal to play? I know I know that the very optimal is not optimal, right? If there's two or three guys on it, it's horrible. But how I don't know how far you're supposed to go off that. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> tweak my lines. What are my projections to throw up? I put it in. You could sim it out. Yeah, you, you could. So, yeah, you, you sim it out. And so like what I found is um, in cash games, the optimal is, 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 the, is the optimal. So like if there's a 50-50 type of cash game, doesn't matter if there's 150 people in there or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, like the standard deviation isn't huge, right? And so like people kind of like have that narrative. And it really just looks like um, – the optimal, it's it's just a no-brainer. Just play the optimal in cash. How about this? I have a question for you both. What do you think you should get more u- unique in? A three-man with another well-known, chalky, regular, or say like a th- 30-man Thunderdome? What would you be more likely to change? So obviously I can play the optimal. How 
Which lineup would you go more different on? You, I mean, you have to go different than three man because if you dupe, you die. So you say the three man. Three what man. Say five, what's a five man? And now I'm going to take all five man. Okay. And okay, so five man versus the three man, or five man versus five versus Thunderdome then. Five versus the Thunderdome. Um, yeah, I would say the Thunderdome would have more players. You you would be more. You want to be more more unique. But you know you know I don't think you have to get crazy in any of this stuff. So like here's here's I guess here's what I would say is is it would probably be like a probability distribution. So like. Um, let's say it's a 25 man Thunderdome versus the five man, uh, 40% of the time or like 70% of the time is going to be the same lineup and 30% of the time it's not something like that. Or, or maybe like you think of it like 30% of the time it's going to be the same 30% of the time it's going to be different and 30% of the time or 33 on each of these, it's going to be something a little crazy, something like that. And it would be, it would be slate dependent. That would be my guess. I don't know. Cause yeah. I, I, I play big field GPPs mainly. So. Uh, I don't put in the work to do these small fields. To me, it just makes so much intuitive sense. If so much of the field is going to have lineups in the same range and they're playing 1v1s, 2v2s against each other, that you not playing that same block of players to where you're just, you're either going to eat shit against the optimal or you're going to lap the optimal. It's the same thing. Like we've heard Blender say, like you're going to win, the contrarian players are going to win on the slates that are low scoring where you need 250 points to win instead of 300. Like, wouldn't you just want to play that game with the optimal? It matters how many guys are in the contest, right? And I know in the NBA Thunderdome, I, I play pretty different than the optimal, but it's only eight to 10 man events and NBA is a little more consistent. But my ROI this season was like minuscule. It was like 1%, 0%. So I'm basically, I'm not trading rake, but I'm pretty close to doing that in the NBA at least. And that, that's my experience with Thunderdomes. And, and again, I don't play chalky at all. For the most part, yeah. It, I don't know when chalk smacks you like three, four weeks in a row in NFL. It's just it's hard. It's really Henry, hard. Henry, when Henry busted that one, I was like, ruined my fucking NFL red zone Sunday right there. Oh, I was loving it. I was I having mean, a great time. Yeah, I think that's. Good. I think I saw you at a bunch of them. I, I, I just I liked it. Yeah, it's just hard for me. Like I, you guys are infinitely smarter than me, but I'm looking at. I'm thinking like, okay, a 50 percentile outcome. In the Thunderdome, you still make zero money. You finish 15th place. You make zero money. And everyone's playing roughly the same lineup in all of the money and is in the top seven spots. Like, it's just screaming to me to be pretty different from the field. It makes too much sense. This is, I think we're at the point in, um, uh, like, DFS's trajectory, like, as far as where the edges are, that this is exactly what people should be looking at. We should probably not even talk about it. <laughs> is like these three mans, these like just like these smaller edges and kind of specializing within the specialization. You know what I mean? So like you just know how to play five mans, three mans, ten mans. Um, uh, you know, or, you know, it, it, like I think because before it's it's cash game or GPP specialization, and then maybe you play all the sports, maybe you play a couple of them. Um, I think we're just gonna have to get more and more specialized and i mean i i still think like i don't know uh petty what do you think about this like because in poker i always regretted only really being good at no limit so like i was pretty good at plo like but not great like um i didn't i don't know maybe i i, I could have played it a little bit longer or practiced a little harder but i always regretted not being good at eight man player you know what i mean and so when dfs happened i'm like i'm gonna be able to play every fucking sport i'm gonna make projections for every sport i'm not gonna screw this up again um, but I don't know if it matters the same as poker. 
I don't think I don't think it matters as much. I don't think it does either. And the issue again is, is you're potentially spreading yourself too thin with playing too many sports. I, I mean, I don't I, I don't know if I'd call myself a specialist. Maybe I am because NBA actually probably am. NBA is by far my best sport. You know, it, it, it laps the other ones. So I guess in that regard, I am a specialist. I specialize in one sport more than the others. I understand it more than the others. And it's worked for me. I think you can go both ways. I don't I don't think there's a correct way, to be honest with you. Hmm. Yeah, Poker's different. So another part of this that I want to, like, so conceptually in the same way, the reason people also love to gravitate towards stacking is it eliminates decision making. And one thing that I think might be happening at these higher stakes, like I know too, like I literally have DM DraftKings and I said in my CSV export, can I get an entry size column there? So I can see when I'm bringing lineups over how big this contest size in there, because I want to specifically tailor, you know, my chalkier cumulative ownership lineups to smaller fields. I'm wondering if some of these guys at the high stakes are, they're just eliminating decision-making by putting every lineup in every contest. Like they're not tailoring the lineup to the contest size because that's a lot of extra fucking work. Are you and talking I, is, to me right now, Peter? Am I are talking you, to are you? you adding me right now? Is that exactly I think what I'm I adding do? You. It, it I, seems like that's maybe where the edge is in that is that the guys aren't tailoring their lineup to the contest size because it's an extra piece of fucking work. Yeah, I mean, you just literally said what I do. Do you do you do you, do you play the same lineup in the Thunderdome as you do in cash? Uh, no, my GP and my cash are different, but I stick my so my Thunderdome is my lineup one on my projections. And yeah, then Peter's, I think Peter's saying, like every 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 entry with like twenty five or less players in, they just yeah. run their cash lineup. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't play cash at all, right? But. If, if I guess it's not too dissimilar, it's my my number one GP lineup, my Thunder lineup, which is also going to go into everything else. Gotcha. And yeah, that's what yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and I only run 150 lamps for every for every uh, sport. And you know, my first 20 will go into all my high stakes, or whatever. And you know, those will also go to my low stakes. And and so I'll be very heavy into my my top stuff. Right. Yeah. I don't so like, ever feel sweating. You're like, okay, this lineup's winning, but it's 127. I don't care. I want the top 20 to be winning. It, it, that happens a lot. Yeah, I trust, I trust me. I do the same, exact same thing. Which means I'm probably playing too chalky at the top, but I, it's just how I've always been. I know it's not correct. I, I just said, Peter, you should be tailoring to what your events are. I probably yeah. play the Million Maker too chalky, and I probably I might play Thunderdome too aggressive, too contrarian. <laughs> but um, it's worked for me, so I keep I keep it. And I mean, isn't too like when you think about it, especially with NFL, we have a lot of news that'll come in at inactives. Like I I don't MME main slate NFL. I mean, that, that seems exhausting. Like the amount of things you have to do within that 90 minutes. And then on top of that, you're having to adjust for different levels of contest sizing. Like, I don't even know if there's enough time to actually do that properly. You just aggregate the projections. (laughs) That's what most people will. And and I think that's, I think somebody said like, I think Brian, you're talking about specialization. People aren't going to change their strategy. They're going to aggregate. Like, how can they change their strategy and specialize and stuff? They they're going to do yeah. what they know. They don't they don't know how to make their own projections and whatnot. They don't know how to change their lineups up. That's that's my point. Is that I think that's where we're, where where the edge is going to come for for a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and not to mention like it's really hard for newer people to get in the game now. Like Peter, like it, it's hard right now. The rate's oh, yeah. high. The players are super good. Yeah. I can't imagine surviving in the current landscape and, and, and making enough money to move up. 
Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't, I actually saw Blender talking about this today, this idea of like playing, like I play, so I feel like I fall in this weird bucket where I want to play as sharp as possible. I want to learn. I want to get better. I want to move up, but I play for fucking fun. Like I want to be good at it, but I'm not playing to make a living. I'm not playing like if I lose my role, like playing smartly, like I'm okay with that versus like the type of players that who, who are playing, you know, like you guys to make a living. And then there's also the players who are just punting it off, making lineups on their phone in the Millie maker. Like there's a wide swath of how people approach this. Yeah. I mean, th- there's no such thing as I feel like being professional and having fun most of the time. It's, it's <laughs> stressful. It sucks a lot of the time. Um, I was in a chat and people were showing their biggest downswings and I, I looked at my, my rotor tracker. It's, it's, I mean, you remember times like that. I remember that, that, that it was like a two month stretch where I just kept getting my ass kicked over and over. It's, it's not fun. You know, to me now it's only really, really fun when I win like a solid amount, which against GV player, as you guys understand, like it's not very often. Yeah. I, and I can, I can always find something to complain about too. It's very easy. Oh yeah. Every slate. Yeah. Most TFS players are complainers too. I've, I've found. It's contagious. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think is more stressful, poker or DFS? <sighs> poker was a long time ago. I know. I feel like right. DFS. I think poker. I was younger then, though. I was only 21 yeah. back then. My life was was simple. For me, it was just the competitive stuff is just so in your face. And you're playing the same people over and over. It's, it's, very, it's one-on-one. That, so, like, it would just get to me like, fuck, I didn't just lose. I lost to that fucking guy again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It still it happens to DFS too. Like somebody posts a screenshot and it's just like fuck that guy. No, so I that, hated I hated every single player. Hated here, everyone I played against. <laughs> here's a question. Did you guys first of all, were you playing on FanDuel on the first week where they had the scoring outages outages? And were you hitting up your reps for refunds on the lot the big volume you were playing? I, I asked my rep before the, the second game, like what's going on, what's gonna happen or not. And um, they didn't get back until after the slate was over. I just asked, like, what's going to be the resolution here? And, and they resolved it. Oh, wow. You're saying you got something a little extra? No, I didn't say that. No, but that's what you implied. All right, someone tweet this out. At FanDuel for me, too. I might have to tweet it myself. If you guys didn't get a, a, a 20,000, no, I didn't get 20. But uh, it was a weird situation, to be honest. It, I know, I know, I know people who said they would have won a tournament if they were allowed to swap. And what they told me made a lot of sense. So people like that absolutely should get a big refund, in my opinion. Oh, they, yeah. everyone should get a refund. Well, that uh, that's the whole thing is the lineups. But you should get more than a hundred, Brian. Like, Brian, I don't know how much you play, but you should definitely get more than a hundred dollar refund. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even ask. I don't play much on Fanduel. I play more on DraftKings. But, but like, but, yeah, I, mean, I guess I should have. I never. I, I barely ever fuck with them. Like remember with that league, those two League of Legends slates, they fucked me on, Peter. I, I, what was I, that know, story again? What happened? Was telling me like you should sue them, right? Well, they like they're you know the game was postponed, but then they played it the next day. But in every other sport, they never have done. They never done that. They 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 totally just said fuck it. We'll just there's no other sports yeah. going on. We don't want to suspend it. We'll just wait till tomorrow. But they don't do that for any other sports. Remember, we had a whole episode on this. I, I vaguely remember you having issues with a certain slate. I don't remember what happened. I, I mean, I know the the basics. Again, a game got moved. Was it because of internet or something? Someone's yeah, they, yeah, their internet was bad, so they postponed it. And and you know, like whenever a game gets postponed for whatever reason, uh, they end the slate. They've done that historically. 
And they did, and they didn't on this one because they were probably losing money hand over fist because it was co- beginning of COVID, and so they weren't making any money. And they're like, "Oh, let's just play this out." And then they did it like the next week. It wasn't. It wasn't League of Legends. It was the other one, uh, uh, Counter Strike. Same fun, and then the same fucking thing. They screwed me again. Speaking of League of Legends, is that not the best DFS sport? Like low key. The, yeah. the guy who won the League of Legends online championships. Thinks that, it's that the was best what I was. Sport. I was segueing into that, by the way. I, I just I wanted you to say something about that. No, that, I think that's the best DFS sport. It's a really fun sport to watch. Yeah, we listen. We we agree. <laughs> we 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 played. We did like all our shows in the beginning of this on on League of Legends. It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be, and the strategy is pretty fun too. Um, and you know, it just got um just slow down after everyone. There's no point in playing. I mean, I haven't even looked. I don't know if they're they're worth it at all. I doubt it. I think they have like the big stuff. It's it's okay. I mean, it depends what kind of player you are, right? And then the 11 p.m. stuff is or midnight Pacific time. That's just too late for me. I can't I can't stay up for that anymore. Right. That was a big pain in the ass. the The Korean leagues when it would we did the two o'clock or four o'clock locks. Like, oh, it probably wasn't that bad for you. Like if it took it better. midnight for you, like yeah. that's not the end of the world. It, it's better, but then I'd find myself playing League of Legends with with friends leading up to the lock, and I just be I just be super League of Legends with watching like four hours or playing four hours straight. It's just it got to be too much. I know. I and like when they wouldn't have the American announcers, it's like God damn it! I wish they had the American announcers. I will say I will forever in my life hold a nostalgic soft spot for that period during quarantine where I would get up at 8 a.m. to sweat my League of Legends lineups, turning on the games there. Like that was so damn fun. And it existed for about a month where I enjoyed it before everyone realized you just got to jam four or three stacks. That, that Those few weeks were just glorious. I mean, that's that's another problem. The stacking is it's just it's too simple, right, in, yeah. in League of Legends. But the first the first week or two, um, I remember the Corona Poker Club was like the Thunderdome, basically. Everybody who's in like the six or eight man Thunderdome was. Oh, I, actually, I remember. I think I messaged you, Brick, to play with us because we need more people. Yeah, I played, oh, played someone. Um, yeah. So, and everybody thought that team captain, uh, going team as a captain was like the play. Not me. <laughs> well, yeah. and you probably mopped up. I got smoked playing that. Um, yeah, no. But that that turned real quickly. No, I mean, I think in the the earlier ones, I was losing to the team captain. The team captain lineups were winning. I'm like, this is fucking so stupid. That's tough. That's a horrible way to go down. And that, that, EM2 had team and captain for like it, a week straight. It might have been good for you, though, because, like again, it, it made people think maybe team captain's good for a little longer than maybe they should have. Hopefully yeah. you got the money back. It didn't last that long. It probably was a couple weeks. Week, maybe two. Like, and then, that, But then they, fi- they figured it out. Yeah, I think the yeah, I remember talking to J Mac about it. J Mac was like my first tout for League of Legends, and he was uh You were in the he, war room? I wasn't in the war room. That was in the, the Corona <laughs> Poker Club before I got booted out of that. Oh, I also, by the way, so real quick, Kirk and these guys are saying because they don't know how Discord works. I'm in like eight different Discords, so it shows that I'm active in a Discord. I got an invite like nine months ago. And then they're claiming that I've been sitting in the Corona Poker Club Discord all this time, not realizing that if you're in any single Discord, you're live. I haven't been watching what you guys are saying. I'm sure you guys are having lots of fun times in the Corona Poker Disc Club. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyways, go ahead, Travis. No, there, there's there's some uh, there's some funny guys in there. Yeah, there's been some good memes out of there too. 
But uh, I think they play poker again. Maybe you can play a little bit, Brian, and before they uh, they boot you out. I'd rather shoot myself. In the <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against those guys. Just like poker, man. I was like, once 2011 happened, Black Friday, I was like, fuck this. Well, actually, no, I, I spent six months at um, Merge or whatever the, the one everyone went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And afterwards, uh, maybe, more, maybe a little more than six months. Merge and Cake, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, cake, yeah. Uh, cake, remember Cake went under too, I think. Yeah, um, I think it would under without people getting their money, right? Yeah, I think I got screwed on there too. Um, it's happened a bunch of times, but yeah, after yeah, I think I don't, I don't maybe maybe a year, and then I was like, that's it, I'm I'm done with this, fuck this. No, I was similar. I, I was so burnt out off poker. I was happy when it happened. I was yeah. like, oh, I'll come back in three months. I'll be refreshed. I'll be back and, and crushing it. That, and that did not happen. That's exactly what I thought. And also, I was like fuck these other guys because <laughs> I hated them so much. So like someone mentioned here in chat, I, I, I lost it, but it was, uh, he said that Osmo ran a sim in a cash game where he had one, like an Enos Canner type of player who has like this high standard deviation. And it, and he was beating some guy because he would pick the player with the higher standard deviation. And so like what I found, and I said this earlier is like in like, um, football or a sport with a bunch of players i don't think that matters as much because there's just too many players um but uh, 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 the example why you're for sure you know what matters is what we just said league of legends so the reason that the team and captain's so shitty is because they're not going to go off for 120 points or something like that so like although their projection might optimally fit in there from the optimizer they're never going to have that that ceiling that you would need so like it does matter but i think you need to be careful when you're thinking about it that way. Yep. All right, guys. I hate to uh, to shut this down. I got another stream I got to do here in five minutes. But, Brian, I think we got to get Travis back on for a future stream uh, talk more. I think he, he yeah. fits into the Lulz universe perfectly. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that – maybe he'll uh, he'll get that EM2 challenge going. Yeah, we'll see. Is uh, Are you going to the poker stream again? Am I, uh, the, the RG poker stream? Can I make a, a <laughs> Talk about a throwback, man. That makes me feel so old. RG poker streams and League of Legends DFS. It feels like a million years ago. Peter, I just remember you. Again, I never spoke to you before. I remember after I ranted at Kirk for a while, you're just like, you know what? I think you said what you need to say. I think it's time to go. I'm like, you know what? I said way too much already. It's time to go. I know. I I did. I I, I like you. I, I was on that uh, that stream. Just uh, that was a. I think that stream ended with Tommy G coming on, coked out at the end of it. If you want to know how wild that stream was, I forgot about Tommy G. That <laughs> what is he up to? Uh, he's on Parlor. I think you know. Uh, I know speaking the truth, podcast. I listen to it. I get through about like twenty minutes, thirty minutes. It's actually pretty fucking interesting. <laughs> like just like as like science experiment. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? It, just give it a shot for 20 I, minutes. It's pretty similar, Brian. Drugs are not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you, Travis, for for popping on. Thank you to Osmo earlier for coming on. Uh, I'm sure we will continue to track this challenge, talk high-stakes DFS strat for Brian Hooper, for Petty Theft. I'm Peter Overzet. We'll see you guys next time. You can subscribe to this on iTunes. Subscribe to Brian's YouTube channel. Peace. <laughs>
the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.